This is Limitless Spirit, a practical, inspirational, and thought-provoking weekly podcast about the impact of faith and Christian identity in today's world. And now here's your host, champion of Jesus and people who love him, world traveler and co-founder of World Missions Alliance, Helen Todd. Welcome to the Limitless Spirit podcast. The world has changed dramatically since our last episode. We are now in the time of global quarantine, confound to our residences and isolated from each other. So I hope this podcast will provide you some much needed break from the 24-7 news feed on the spread of this plague that will eventually end. Instead, we're going to focus on something that will truly matter for eternity. To refresh your memory, or if you haven't joined us for the previous episode, we started a conversation with Rabbi Kurt Schneider on how do we as Christians respond to this challenge in the time of pandemic. And even though when our conversation started, the situation was not quite as dire as it is today, the conclusions that we came to are very applicable. If you're not familiar with Rabbi Schneider and his ministry, you may want to tune into his very popular television program, Discovering the Jewish Jesus. He grew up in a conservative Jewish family and had a personal encounter with Jesus as a young man. So the last 40 years of his life have been a passionate pursuit of Jesus and bringing people around him into the same reality. Rabbi Schneider has authored several books. Among them is Experiencing the Supernatural, and it became sort of the foundation of our discussion. Here's the overview of what we talked about in the previous episode. If the outbreak of the coronavirus awakens the world to the fact how much they need God, the benefits will outweigh any negative impact it may cause. This fact presents us, the body of Christ, with a mission that requires us to reach to a higher level in our personal faith and in the ministry that God has assigned us. Rabbi Kurt Schneider laid out three practical steps in achieving this higher level, with step one being cultivating an intentional love for Christ. If you missed the previous episode, I highly recommend that you check it out. But today we will continue to talk about steps two and three, as well as we will discuss how to address fear in our soul and our mind. Okay, so then what is number two? Well, number two is, I think, recognizing that we oftentimes are functioning in a performance mode. You know, we're acting, we're playing this part like an actor of who we think we're supposed to be, who we think the world thinks we're supposed to be. I remember as an example of this, Helen, as a pastoring a church years ago, and I was very serious about what I was doing, very committed to what I was doing. And all of a sudden one day I got done praying for somebody and I went back into my, my study and the Spirit spoke to me And he said to me, you're performing. And I was like really offended. I was like, what do you mean I'm performing? I am trying as hard as I can to please you. I am trying as hard as I can to, to do a good job. And the Lord said to me, the first word I heard clearly, you're performing. Then the rest, I, I just he just kind of communicated to me intuitionally. I just knew, understood in my spirit. 
He said, you're doing what you think you're supposed to do. You're playing this part. You know, you think you're supposed to pray for people like this. You think you're supposed to act this way, but you're just playing a part. You're doing what the mold says. It's a performance. And I had to begin to recognize what I'm doing that is not really naturally Jesus. How am I acting in a way that it's the Christian way, you know, the churchman way, but it's not really naturally Jesus. It's not really authentic. When I say the Christian way, I'm not talking about authentic. I'm talking about what the world says to do. So I think that if we're going to find um, a depth with the Lord, we're going to have to strip ourselves of the things that we're saying and the things that we're doing and the way that we're acting, which is just to create kind of a religious persona of who we think we're supposed to be. You know, people using all these terms all the time, you know, praise God, this and that and the other. But in the heart, sometimes their, their heart's a million miles away from that. So to make sure that our words and our heart is lining up with being transparent before God, before the Spirit of God. What, Lord, when I just said that, what I just said, was it genuine? Was I really speaking from my heart in a true way that it was authentic before you? So we live in such a way, it's been said, as if we're living before an audience of one. We're always examining ourselves in the light of the Holy Spirit, asking ourselves, is what I'm doing real? Is what I'm doing authentic? Is what I'm saying genuine? I think that is the second step to take to entering in to a deeper walk with the Spirit. Okay, and is there a number three? Well, I kind of touched on number three in my first point when I spoke about waking up in the morning and spending time with the Lord. But I think that number three is simply the concept of being still before the Lord. You know, David said that he had stilled his soul like a child at rest on his mother's knee, that he had stilled his soul completely. And I just think that we need to practice the presence of God by having times in our life where we're not talking, we're not doing anything. We're just saying, Lord, just still my soul and help me to get in touch with your presence with me. And the reality that Jesus is inside me, that your spirit is inside me. That's very powerful and very contradictory to the pace that we're living in today. I think it's definitely a hard, at least for me, <laughs> it's hard to do in practice, but I recognize the necessity of it because when we fill our life with business, it is so hard to hear his voice. So that kind of brings me to the next question. There is a quote from your book that I'm going to mention that I think is very powerful. And you say, to be led by the Spirit, we must be able to discern the peace of God. And if we do not have peace about something, we have to wait before moving forward. And abiding in God's peace is a sure way to be fruitful and to see supernatural results from our actions. And, you know, we live in a moment in history where there's anything but peace around us. And there are these events that are outside of our control. And for some people, they struggle with fear. So what advice would you have to people who have that? struggle? Wow. Well, first of all, it's a process, right? I mean, I'm in the same battle that everybody else is in. I mean, no one's 100% living that I've ever met that never has to deal with fear. But I think that, because uh, there was a lot in, in what you uh, just had shared, Helen, so let me try to 
touch on a few points I might actually need you to repeat. But I think it's important when we speak about the peace of God to recognize that God is already here. I'm going to even say that again. God is already here, right where you're at right now, right where I'm at right now, and those that listen. God's already here. And to walk in the peace of God, we need to root ourselves in that reality. God is here. The Holy Spirit's come. God is not going to be found by, you know, trying to get up to heaven, you know, to his throne. I mean, yeah, there's a reality of that, but God's going to be found now in this realm on the earth when we recognize that he is here. Whether we feel him or not, we have to affirm the truth that God is here. He's in us, he's around us, and he's with us, right? Jesus said, I am with you always. So if we're going to have peace, we need to affirm that God is here. He's all around me. And deep peace is not always something that can be emotionally experienced. It's possible to have peace in our soul and yet still be battling in our mind. But what comes first is peace in the soul. So this comes by getting grounded in this reality that God is here by sitting before him, by, by stilling ourselves. When it comes to fear, I think fear uh, needs to, number one, be dealt with specifically. In other words, the devil is a being that's always looking for an open door. So we might be struggling with fear in one area. And as soon as we're not afraid of that particular area anymore, the devil is going to come and try to make us afraid about another area. And so, for example, let's say that it's a health issue, whether it's our own health or the health of a loved one. The way that we deal with that fear is we just confess the word of God. Father, I thank you that by Jesus' stripes I'm healed. Father, I thank you that you're with me. I thank you, Father God, that in Jesus I'm complete. I, Father, I just want to uh, just trust you right now, believing that the spirit that lives within me is giving life to my mortal body. I commit my loved one to you. I speak your healing over them. I take authority, Father God, over that thing that is going on in their life right now. I curse it at the root. So basically, we're, if, we're, if we have concerns about our physical health, we deal with that specific concern directly with what the word of God teaches us and promises us regarding Jesus being the healer of our bodies. Now, does that mean that no one ever dies? No, we, we know that. But we still, but we are, the Word of God is our standard. If it pertains to another area, let's say it's our finances, you know, then what we need to do is we need to start quoting the Word of God at that particular fear. Father, I thank you that uh, my God shall supply all my, all my needs according to His riches and glory. So I think that there's a piece of the soul that comes by getting grounded in the Spirit, growing deep roots in the Spirit through some of the things that we've talked about already. And then I think there's another level of the battle having to do with peace that is in the realm of the mind. And I think that we gain victory progressively in the battle of our mind when we realize that we're in a spiritual fight, that the thoughts that are making us afraid are not really based most often in the reality of the situation that we're dealing with, but rather in the perception of our reality. In other words, how many things have, have you and I worried about, my sister, that have never happened? Probably close to 100% of the things that you and I have worried about have never happened. Very true. So where are those thoughts coming from? Are they coming from what's really going on? No, they're coming from a spirit. 
So we need to recognize that this battle that we're in in the mind, is really, it's a mind-bending, mind-warping spirit that we're dealing with. And the more we can recognize that, the more we can close off our mind to allowing these darts that seem so real and seem so powerful to have any effect on us. It's a long process. I mean, this is a huge fight. This is no easy, quick fix. I mean, this is this fight, Helen, this is a harder fight and a longer fight than I ever imagined it was going to be in a million years when I first got saved. <laughs> well, it's encouraging to hear that, you know, <laughs> we're, we're not alone in this fight. Right. And I think, you know, it goes back to what you said, you know, if we spend time in the presence of God or if we spend time in his word and we um, bring ourselves close to the reality of who he is, then his persona alone, I think it can be a cure for fear because when you see him, and we can't ever comprehend the fullness of him, you know, until we're in eternity with him, but the better we know him, the more the circumstances that induce fear in us, they dwarf in comparison with who he is. So I guess, again, the, the best way is just to find ourselves in his presence as close to him as we possibly can be. Amen. Yep. Agreed. Well, thank you so much. I think this is very encouraging for many Christians today because I honestly believe we'll live in the finest hour for the church when the world is going to be shaken. And who is it but us who has the answers, the hope, the love, assurance of a greater future? And so because of this, we have to bring ourselves into this reality of living on a higher level. We cannot give unless we have it within us. So I, I appreciate your wisdom and the advice. Oh, God bless you, my sister. Thank you for the work that you and Chuck are doing for your spirit of obedience. I know a little bit about your journey and just being radically sold out from what I know about both you and your husband, Helen, to live a life of radical love for Jesus. And Father, may the fire within us just continue to burn brighter. We ask you to continue to perfect us, God, until we're completely conformed to the image of your Son. For your glory, we pray, Abba. Amen. 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 I hope this conversation gave you something bright and encouraging to hold on to. Just because we can't have a fellowship in person, and we even had to postpone our Greater Purpose Conference from April till August, doesn't mean that we don't have a community around us. I want to invite you to join us for Light the World online global gathering that we're going to host on Facebook Live April 8, 9, and 10. You can find out more information on our website, rfwma.org. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Limitless Spirit with Helen Todd, produced by World Missions Alliance. Are you ready to step out of your comfort zone? Do you have a passion to help people and share your faith across the globe? Visit our website, rfwma.org, and get involved in the Great Commission through short-term missions. We hope you'll leave a review and check out other episodes. We'll be with you in a week on our next episode of Limitless Spirit.